0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Rehoboam and his son Abisham reign as kings of Judah. They get into trouble because they refuse to walk in the ways of their father David. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 14 on Simply the Bible.
0: There is nothing more important in life than the legacy we leave with our children and grandchildren. As we look at the various kings of Judah and Israel, we see that many followed in their father or mother's footsteps. Mothers and fathers exude a powerful influence in the lives of their children. This calls us to be intensive about raising our children and grandchildren in the right way so that they will grow up doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord. We continue today in 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 21. And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king. He reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, to put his name there. His mother's name was Naamah, the Ammonitess. We observe that in several of the genealogies, both in the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel, the mother of the king is named. That is unusual, but it probably indicates the influence the mother had in her son's life whether positively or negatively. A mother exercises a tremendous influence in her children's lives. All that I am or hope to be, said Abraham Lincoln, I owe to my angel mother. It is tragic that many mothers neglect the godly raising of their children for more self-serving goals. I have personally observed mothers having regrets in their later years as they see the outcome of their children's lives. God esteems motherhood. One of the greatest jobs a woman can have is to be a godly mother who pours her life into her children. She is crafting the future. My parents were divorced when I was seven years old, but my mother faithfully took me to church even though she worked full-time. Throughout my life, she often pointed me to the Lord encouraged me with scriptures and prayed for me. I was blessed to have her. My grandmother probably exerted the most influence in my spiritual life. Her faith was uncompromising and inspirational. While other family members would give me toys and clothes for birthdays and Christmas, she would send me books, such as Pilgrim's Progress. But the power of her influence was in her integrity, her loyal love for Jesus and her constant prayers for me. She went to be with the Lord in 1991, but I believe we are still receiving the benefit of her faithful prayers. Unfortunately, Rehoboam did not have such a godly influence from his mother. She was an Ammonite, and the Ammonites had their own gods, including their national deity, Milcom. We are told that even Solomon worshipped Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Now Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they committed more than all that their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places, sacred pillars, and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. And there were also perverted persons in the land they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. By following the example of Solomon and Rehoboam, the nation of Judah provoked the Lord to jealousy. God said in the Ten Commandments, You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth Or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Whenever his people worshipped these other gods, the Lord viewed this as spiritual adultery. Now their idolatry would take place in the high places where the pagans had shrines to their deities and they would set up their sacred pillars and wooden images. Perverted persons is the translation of the Hebrew word Kedish, which was a male who practiced sodomy and prostitution in religious rituals. It was for these filthy and perverted practices that God destroyed the Canaanites, and now God's people were indulging in these same things as they worshipped their false gods. It happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away all the gold shields which Solomon had made. In Leviticus 26, the Lord said what would happen to Israel if they disobeyed his commandments. I will send armies against you to carry out the curse of the covenant you have broken. When you run to your towns for safety, I will send a plague to destroy you there, and you will be handed over to your enemies. Evidently, God raised up Shishak, king of Egypt, for this purpose. Based on the biblical account and archaeological data from ancient Egypt, we know that Shishak swept through much of Israel and Judah, taking heavy spoil. Shishak lists 150 cities he took in this campaign. Attempting to form a treaty with Egypt, Solomon had married Pharaoh's daughter, but Egypt held no loyalty toward Israel in the next generation. Egypt was called a splintered reed, and it seems whenever God's people leaned on her, It only brought pain and disappointment. Egypt is a picture of the world. Whenever we lean on the world, it only pierces our flesh and disappoints us. Then King Rehoboam made bronze shields in the place of the gold shields and committed them to the hands of the captains of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. And whenever the king entered the house of the Lord, the guards carried them then brought them back into the guard room. The world-renowned glory of Solomon's kingdom was fading quickly. Rehoboam now replaced Solomon's gold shields with bronze shields. When people turn away from God, they lose their spiritual riches and blessings. But if they will humble themselves before God, confessing their sins and seeking His face earnestly then God can restore what the enemy has stolen. Sadly, in Rehoboam's case, we see no such repentance. Now, the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all their days. So Rehoboam rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His mother's name was Naamah, an Ammonitess. Then Abijam, his son, reigned in his place. The book of First and Second Kings gives us the history of the kings of Judah and Israel with somewhat of an emphasis on the kings of Israel. When we get to First and Second Chronicles, we will see that it deals almost exclusively with the kings of Judah and we will get many more details about their lives. When King Jeroboam and Israel first broke away from Judah, Rehoboam went out to make war against them. But a prophet warned him that this division was from the Lord. So he went back to Jerusalem. However, there existed a cold war and perhaps border skirmishes between Rehoboam in the south and Jeroboam in the north. Now, Rehoboam's son, according to most Hebrew manuscripts, was named Abijam. However, some manuscripts call him Abijah. Chapter 15. In the 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam, became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Maacah, the granddaughter of Abishalom. Abijam had a relatively short reign. His mother, Maacah, was the granddaughter of Absalom, the son of David, who revolted against him. Again, one wonders what kind of an upbringing that Abijam had from his mother. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem, by setting up his son after him and by establishing Jerusalem, because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war against Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Here we see that a father also exercises tremendous influence over his children. As a pastor, it is tragic to see the legacy that many fathers have left to their children and grandchildren by neglecting their spiritual development. Whatever amount of success I ever hope to achieve in life, I will measure it by my children and grandchildren. As the Apostle John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Jesus said, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And we could also say, What will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own family? Dad, especially while your children are young and impressionable, make raising them in the way of the Lord your top priority. And I assure you, later you will have no regrets. David remained the standard for all the kings of Judah and Israel. Here we have God's perspective of David's assets and liabilities. He was a man after God's own heart who did not turn away from the Lord except in the matter of Bathsheba and her husband Uriah the Hittite. This was a black mark on his record, but it was not the character of his life. I like what J. Vernon McGee says about this. The whole thought is expressed by our Lord in the parable of the prodigal son. Friend, the son can get in the pig pen. We need to recognize that. God's child can get in the pig pen, but by the same token, the child of God will not stay in the pig pen. (laughs) Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. So Abijam rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Then Asa, his son, reigned in his place. While Abijam was not loyal to the Lord, as was David, we do have one praiseworthy account of him in 2 Chronicles 13. His underlying faith rose to the surface, and he rebuked Jeroboam for abandoning the worship of the Lord. When Jeroboam set an ambush behind him, Abijam called upon the Lord, who gave him a great victory over Jeroboam and Israel. Abijam's son Asa became king in his father's place, and he would be a good king. Perhaps this incident of loyalty to the Lord in Abijam's later years made a lasting impression on Asa, a testimony of his father's influence. Likewise, may God help us to set a godly example for our children and grandchildren, for they are most certainly watching.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we will see where Azza reigns in Judah. He's a good king who outlasts many of the kings of Israel. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible.